We gather today to recall the armistice that marked the end of the First World War 100 years ago. We remember those who were killed in action or by disease, the bereaved, the lost, the families which were shattered, the wounded, maimed, and injured, and those who held in silence unspeakable memories of war. When we failed to learn from the past, Lord, have mercy. When we let national and personal interests blind us to the suffering of the world, Christ, have mercy. When we forget the cost of the freedom we enjoy, Lord, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn us back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. For a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past, or like a watch in the night. You sweep people away, they are like a dream, like the new grass in the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. The days of our life are soon gone. They quickly pass and we fly away. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. May the favour of the Lord our God rest on us. Prosper the work of our hands for us. Yes, prosper the work of our hands. would you all sit.
What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We are encouraged by the Scriptures to acknowledge our sins and not to hide them before God, our Heavenly Father, but to confess them so that we may be forgiven through His great goodness and mercy. Therefore, let us draw near to our gracious God and confess our sins together. Almighty and merciful God, Lord of all nations, we confess with shame the sins, both private and public, by which we have broken your law and grieved your spirit. We confess our lack of love for you and for one another. For the sake of your Son who died for us, forgive our sins, Take from us all hatred and bitterness, whether in thought, word, or action. Lead us to forgive as we have been forgiven, and live our lives according to your purposes for us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who has promised forgiveness to all who truly repent, and believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, grant you pardon from your sins, peace in your hearts, the Holy Spirit to enable you to live for Him, and at the end, life everlasting in His eternal kingdom, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we look for the renewal of the whole creation through Jesus Christ, we are bold to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever.
When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let us pray. Almighty Father, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of all, govern the hearts and minds of those in authority, and bring the families of the nations, divided and torn apart by the ravages of sin, to be subject to his just and gentle rule, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Eternal God, from whom all thoughts of truth and peace proceed, kindle, we pray, in the hearts of all the true love of peace, and guide with your pure and peaceable wisdom those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquility your kingdom may go forward till the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, we remember how your Son had great compassion for those who suffered. Hear our prayer for those who still suffer as the result of war, for those who live with the pain and scars of bodily injury, for those whose minds are shattered, for those who have been bereaved and for those who have lost hope. Grant to them peace of mind and heart and relief from all their suffering. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God our Father, may our remembrance today deepen our resolve to be agents of your love and to seek your kingdom above all things. Help us to further a spirit of reconciliation, sowing love where there is hatred, pardon where there is injury, faith where there is doubt, light where there is darkness, hope where there is despair, and joy where there is sadness. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
as we remain standing, perhaps you'd like to bow your heads as we pray. Father, we ask that in the solemnity of today and amidst all the busyness of our lives, that we may hear you speak to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please do sit down. Imagine they were here this morning, all those soldiers. Imagine they could join with us. Imagine that they could observe our lives and look into our experiences and observe what we have done with the world over this last 100 years. Imagine that they were here. Imagine that they were able to walk the streets that they once knew and see the sights. I wonder what they would say to us. Would they look at our lives and be amazed by our technology so that we almost seem to be like little gods, able to move so fast and to communicate so flawlessly? And comprehensively, would they wonder? Would they be astonished? Would they be in awe of us? Or would they probe more deeply, perhaps, and explore the depths and ask us perhaps some more searching questions about us. Those who have inherited the world that emerged from the slaughter of 1914-18. At the Australian Cemetery in northern France, in Ville, Brittany you'll find the grave of Private Ray. He was killed in August 1918, shortly before the armistice. And his grieving parents had inscribed this inscription on the headstone. Another life lost, hearts broken. For what? Perhaps in those sentiments expressed there, we gain something of an insight into what might be asked of us. The challenge to remember the importance of human life. Were they to return, I am sure they would say, I was never just a number. I was never just a unit of killing. I was a husband. I was a son. We were daughters. We were children. We were lovers. We were friends. We were human beings. In the Christian tradition, we teach that God looks at every human being and says, you are special, made in the image of God, and therefore every human life is extraordinarily and uniquely precious That inscription perhaps challenges us to ask some questions about war. 1914-18 was given the label, the war to end all wars. But the soldiers who emerged out of the trenches of the First World War into that brave new world that had been ushered in found themselves 
not in a period of peace. As the historian Tony Judd put it, the conflict of 1914-18 began a 30-odd year war that didn't end until 1945, and even then, the uh, German military theorist and strategist, strategist Karl von Clausewitz should you be interested in reading him. Writing from the 19th century, he said, victory is never final. Peace will never ultimately come from the barrel of a gun. In the Christian tradition, there is a long period of long history, a tradition of exploring what is known as the just war, the recognition that in this world, in this life, in this era, war is sometimes a necessary evil. That there are times when in order to combat a tyranny or some terrible evil, war becomes necessary, but war is always evil. It is always a manifestation of the profound darkness that lurks in our world and indeed in our hearts. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword, said Jesus Christ. War may bring us a temporary peace, but peace and joy and happiness and human flourishing ultimately will not come from the barrel of a gun. Well, perhaps the most searching question that emerges out of that inscription is the profoundly personal one. It addresses us, all of us, Another life lost, hearts broken, for what? For Private Ray and all the others, they stepped into the drama of existence to play their part. They were caught up in events they could not control and forces that led them where they would never have chosen to go. But they did have choices. And they made choices. They lived out their lives as best they could in the circumstances in which they found themselves. And I suspect that perhaps the most searching question that were they to come back, they would ask us, is this, our day has gone. We have stepped off the stage of history. This is your moment. Your moment to play your part in the drama of human existence. What are you going to do? How will you live? Who will you serve? What will you do with the life that's being given to you? And what will you do in this world that has been bequeathed to you by us? That's a profoundly personal question, isn't it? That inscription on that gravestone in France that asks the question, what for? We are answering that question every day of our life in the way that we live our lives. Because this is our moment. So how will we live? I speak as a Christian this morning. In the passage that was read to us 
the second passage that was read to us on page 10, some of the most revolutionary words that were ever uttered. They're the words of Jesus. As he begins his ministry and he speaks to his followers, the crowd assembled around him on a hillside. And he says these extraordinary words, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful. What makes those words revolutionary is not because Jesus is saying, be nicer to each other. If only you tried harder and tried to love each other more, the world would be a better place. That would not be revolutionary. What's revolutionary about these words is that Jesus has come announcing what he called the kingdom of God. A new reality, a new power, a new force, a new era breaking in that stands resolutely opposed to all the forces and powers against it. Do you notice what a profound inversion are the characteristics of this kingdom? Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who mourn. Jesus isn't saying be like this and join the kingdom. He's saying if you are in the kingdom, these are to be the characteristics of those who belong to this kingdom. But it's an upside down kingdom, isn't it? We, as Jesus did, live in a world that says, blessed are those who are self-sufficient, who can find within themselves the resources to enjoy life to the full, who can find their own spiritual center within themselves. Blessed are those whose life goes well. Blessed are those who are able to exert power in order to influence things for their benefit. Blessed are those who are happy. Blessed are those who are able to follow their desires, whatever they are. Jesus says quite the opposite. It's a strange, different kingdom, isn't it? The kingdom of God. Do you know that that message has never, ever made sense? Never. If you want to change things, you need power, economic, political, military. The power of influence to dominate, to change. This is a strange kingdom that Jesus is announcing. It's never made sense. And it made least sense the moment at the climax of Jesus' life when he hangs on a Roman cross. The cross was a symbol of Roman imperial power. It was a sign that said the emperor wins and let no one dare to stand against me. But there is an extraordinary moment. At the foot of the cross, overseeing the execution, is a Roman centurion. The Roman centurion looks up at the man dying on the cross, and he sees how he dies. And he says something extraordinary. That Roman centurion would have been used to thinking of the emperor who he served 
as experiencing the divine smile of God, Caesar, son of the God. Divine power manifested in this human emperor. And here on the cross, an expression of his absolute will. But as the centurion looks up to the Jesus dying and then dies on the cross, he says, surely this was the Son of God. This, not Caesar. Jesus came to bring in a new era, a new kingdom, one that he claimed would ultimately not just outlast, but overthrow all the other powers forever. On the cross, Jesus won by his death over death and over power and over injustice. And his resurrection is the demonstration of that power. I speak to you this morning as a Christian. We must all make our choices. Whatever your position this morning, I would encourage you to ask yourself that question. What am I doing with the life that I have been given? Who will I live for? What will I live for? How will I live out this life? Many years ago, I made a decision. I made a decision that I would follow this strange king whose coronation was a crucifixion. A king who claimed that one day all powers and all authorities would be vanquished through his death on the cross. And I committed my allegiance to his upside-down kingdom, to live as a citizen of that kingdom in this world. So I pay my taxes. I may one day, perhaps, have to fight for my country. But first and foremost, I speak to you not as an Australian or an Englishman, but as a citizen of the kingdom of God. And as a citizen of the kingdom, I am amongst you in this world as an infiltrator, a witness by word and deed, as is every citizen of this kingdom, to a different reality, a different power, the kingdom of God. Today is a day to remember. To remember the value of human life. It's a day to count the cost of war. And how in one sense we are all implicated in it. But it is also, I suggest... A day for all of us to reflect on the personal question, how will I live? How will I play out my part on the drama of history? What will I do? Let's pray. Let's have a moment to be quiet.
Father, we ask that somewhere in all of this, we may have heard your voice, the voice of the living God who reaches out to us, not to pay us as we deserve, but to give us what we don't deserve, to pour out love to us and forgiveness and acceptance and a new direction and a new purpose. In Jesus Christ, amen. Aftermath by Siegfried Sassoon. Have you forgotten yet? For the world's events have rumbled on since those gag days. 
like traffic checked a while at the crossing of cityways. And the haunted gap in your mind has filled with thoughts that flow like the clouds in the lit heavens of life. And you're a man reprieved to go, taking your peaceful share of time with joy to spare. But the past is just the same, and war's a bloody game. Have you forgotten yet? Look down and swear by the slain of the war that you'll never forget. Do you remember the dark months you held the sector at Mehmet's? The nights you watched and wired and dug and piled sandbags on parapets? Do you remember the rats and the stench of corpses rotting in front of the frontline trench? And dawn coming, dirty white and chill with a hopeless rain? Do you ever stop and ask, is it all going to happen again? Do you remember that hour of din before the attack and the anger the blind compassion that seized and shook you then as you peered at the doomed and haggard faces of your men? Have you forgotten yet? Do you remember the stretcher cases lurching back with dying eyes and lolling heads? Those ashen gray masks of the lad who once were keen and kind and gay? Have you forgotten yet? Look up and swear by the slain of the war that you'll never forget. We remember those from this community who fought and died in the great war of 1914 to 1918 and those whose names are recorded on our honor roll. We remember John Milton Roy Blackwell, aged 24 years. Harold Ernest Rupert Blackwell, aged 26 years. Frederick H. Buckingham, aged 22 years. Henry Sermon Connor, aged 22 years. George Edward Cox, aged 24 years. Eric Sheen Dorling, aged 22 years. Frederick Easton, aged 20 years. Stuart Gaydon, aged 23 years. Edward Rupert Emerson Garraway, aged 22 years. Frank Ortrave Marceau Norbay Francis, aged 24 years. Cecil George Hayes, aged 20 years. Joseph Jackson, aged 44 years. Robert Augustus Lee, aged 37 years. Roy Lewington, aged 21 years. Harold Reith Olver, aged 25 years. Edward Raymond. Sydney Gordon Rhodes, aged 31 years. Sydney Stanley Smith, aged 36 years. Ernest Albert Snashell, aged 29 years. Ronald Hugh Beresford McDowell Stewart, aged 23 years. Basil Horace Swain, aged 20 years. James Gordon Tyson, aged 22 years. Charles Louis Williams, aged 21 years. Let us remember before God all those who have died for their country in war. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them nor the years condemn. 
at the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. Lest we forget. A new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among humanity, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Let us pray. Eternal God and Father, the darkness is not dark to you, and the night is clear as the day. Accompany us as we go out into the world, reconciled to one another and to you, so that we may walk through this life's perils and sorrows as children of light, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you now and always. Amen.